MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, damn you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. Weird guy. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! to Alcohol by Volume, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2013. I am your wonderful, wonderful host, Kevin. If you want to Skype in, the Skype name, Alcohol by Volume, or you can call 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Um, so, I'm live this week. Was not live last week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that... Uh, Blast from the past, the pilot episode of ABV, as it were, uh, going through, going through and listening to a little bit of it here and there was just completely cringeworthy for me. But hopefully, you guys enjoy me throwing myself under the bus, and uh, I'm looking at no technical difficulties tonight. Hopefully, I don't see my uh, my levels dropping down randomly at all yet. Um. But the night is still young, and uh, apparently anything can happen with that. Um, actually, let me look at that and make sure. Properties, levels. Yeah, I don't see it moving anywhere. Uh, in fact, let me boost that up a little bit. And there we go. Okay, I think that's better. I think it moved a little bit after last week, and I never really corrected it too much. So anyway, uh, last week... The reason I did not do a live show on Tuesday was because I was in the middle of driving out to Michigan for Thanksgiving. I know some of you were probably traveling as well. Hopefully you kept yourself good company with all the different More Like Radio shows. Um, I know I did that along with uh, some Doctor Who radio dramas. So, Michigan trip recap for me. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to the beer shortly. But let's see, there was there was the food aspect of it all. Um, whenever I got to Michigan, we always make it a point to get the food items that I can't get here. So there was some specific Midwest Chinese that we made sure to get. Hungry Howie's Pizza, um, uh, National Coney Island, and of course the 
poison that uh, basically has kind of fucked up my system for the past few days. Tim Horton's Timbits. A tip to you guys. If, if you try and eat somewhat healthy most of the time, don't eat... Well, how many was it? I think I ate about 29 or 30 Timbits on the drive home. That was about a 600-mile drive. Uh, I don't know, like 12 hours or so, something like that. Hi, Marianne. I see you there in the chat. And uh, if you're listening live but you're not in the chat... Go to morelikeradio.com slash live. Uh, Brent's asking about Shakey's Pizza. I'm not actually familiar with Shakey's Pizza, oddly enough. Uh, we just had Hungry Howie's. I, I, I didn't even have any... Actually, no, I take that back. I did have some Little Caesars uh, $5 hot and ready's too, because for a $5 pizza, eh, you can't beat that. Why not? So that was that was the whole food aspect of that. Uh, and I was, I was actually pretty good. Uh, one other place we went to, BD's Mongolian Barbecue, which is amazing and even then i i didn't go crazy with it uh so even even on thanksgiving i did not overindulge and i think the entire time i was in michigan i think i had a grand total of four beers i was there from wednesday through saturday night four beers one of them was a bomber sized bottle so you okay we could say five for me that's a miracle a miracle i I'm not sure. Maybe it was just I was trying to balance out all the crappy food I was eating. Uh, and, of course, you know, there was family drama, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, drive out there was interesting because I, I drove about the first 200 miles. And for those of you that are familiar with, you know, some of the highways here in the, you know, from the northeast into the Midwest, we basically take Route 80 all the way from Jersey through Pennsylvania, through Ohio, and then in Ohio you hit... 280 up to 75 and then from there it's smooth sailing practically right to my parents house so i took the first 200 250 miles on 80 it was, everything was okay i mean it was a little bit of rain nothing big i mean we were supposed to have that big nor'easter then uh once i stopped driving and decided to sleep so uh my wife would drive that was when the winter storm came through uh and my wife was driving very very slowly i, I had no idea of any of this because i was dead asleep in the passenger seat uh, she was driving very slowly, uh, hazard flashers on. Of course, there were assholes on the road that thought they were badass and could just whiz right past her. And some miles down the road, she would find them crashed in a ditch, which I find pretty hilarious. In fact, on the way on the ride back, we saw a uh, tanker truck that had apparently flipped over into the ditch. So, uh, for for everybody that goes slow in the snow, there. are those people that go way too fast too. Just because you have four wheel drive and snow tires and whatever doesn't necessarily grant you the right to be an ass. But they ended up in the ditch, so I don't give a shit. Um, then on the way back, I drove well, probably I think like maybe the first. Actually, I think I drove about the first three hundred miles, and then my wife incrementally dro- <laughs> incrementally drove maybe about the next seventy until uh, she had to go to sleep. But um, the interesting part of the return trip was uh, within the first fifty miles, I um, I uh, I had a had a little um, encounter with uh, Michigan State's finest police officers. Uh, I was driving uh, eighty six in a seventy zone, went past a state cop, decided to slow down after that, 
and by then it was too late. Uh, pulled over, owned up to it, so the cop wrote it down to a uh, one to five over instead of sixteen over. No points or anything, but it was still a hundred dollar ticket that I had to send in today. That was fun. But my fault. So, I mean, of course, now I'll be driving more cautiously for, I don't know, the next week or two until I get back to my regular speedy ways. I mean, right now, the way they do the tickets there is that you have to put up collateral, I guess, basically to make sure an out-of-stater pays the ticket. There were three options. I can't remember what the third one actually was. Um, second option, I'm, I'm, there's a reason I'm going backwards here. Second option was pay $100 right then and there, and then... That will be deducted from whatever the cost of the ticket is. Mine happened to be $100. First option, because I did not have $100 on me, was you surrender your license to them. And you basically have to use the copy of your ticket as your license. So I am currently without a license, which makes me very glad that I stocked up on beer in Michigan. Because on the off chance that I get carted at the liquor store, I would be fucked. So yeah, I got no license right now. I sent in the ticket today. Uh, made a copy of it just in case I get pulled over again in the meantime. Uh, hopefully I'll have my ticket back, I don't know, sometime before the end of the year. Mm-mm. But um, let's see what else went on during the week other than beer. Uh, I got to watch a couple of Red Wings games with my do- uh, with my dad. Um, what was it? I think it was against Boston, I think, was one of the games. Was that Boston or Ottawa? And uh, the Islanders. I don't know. They We won them. They were good games. I was happy to watch them. Uh, actually got to watch them in HD instead of some shitty international stream for a change. But then there was all the beer. Now, there were beers that I bought, and then there were beers that I was actually gifted with, courtesy of my friend Nicole. She had been meaning to ship me a bunch of beers, kind of a combination birthday Christmas present. And since I was going to be in Michigan when she was also in Michigan, she lives there, but she travels a lot for uh, her job. She has a kind of freelance writing gig. We decided meet up at uh, at a delicious, delicious Michigan diner called Ramshorn. Any locals will be intimately familiar with that. I had a saucy burrito and it was fantastic. But she gifted me with a bunch of beers. Uh, you know, first of all, I'll get into the ones I bought. Um, and I try, I pretty much tried to stick with Michigan beers that I bought. Oh, a Red Sox in the chat there. I see Brent in the chat as well. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, I tried to stick with Michigan beers just because, uh, you know, I'm out in Michigan. It, and if it's a Michigan beer that I have not seen in Jersey or just can't find otherwise, there was one exception to that, but it was a beer from a brewer that I'm familiar with, very familiar with, but had not seen this particular brew in Jersey. Um, it was Abita's um, Vanilla Double Dog. And it was, I guess it's like their Turbo Dog, but uh, vanilla. Uh, 22-ounce bomber bottle. Really good. Uh, That was actually the first beer I drank there. Um, But I got Bell's Cherry Stout, which I had never had a cherry stout before. I had a bunch of cherry wheat beers. But never cherry stout. That one's fantastic. If you like cherry, seek that one out. I know uh, Bell's is going to be coming. uh, They're going to be shipping their stuff to New York State starting in 2014. So, any New York listeners, keep an eye out for that. Uh, another one from Michigan, Saugatuck Neapolitan. Yes, it actually is trying to mimic Neapolitan ice cream. Now, this could have been absolutely disgusting with the blending of flavors, 
but honestly, you take a sip of this beer. I, I, I had my dad try it too, and he concurred with my opinion that you taste this, it hits your tongue, and you go through that gamut of you know the three flavors. It, it I, I'm not sure exactly what order they hit in. I actually have a bottle next to me right now that I gotta open up as soon as I'm done with another one of my beers. Uh, amazing! It's it, it's a milk stout. If you ever have occasion to find this, and you like milk stouts, try this. It, it's so hard to describe how the flavor works, but it just does. Fantastic! It instantly one of my new favorite milk stouts, and sadly. I'm never going to see it out here. I, I don't think we get Saugatuck out here in New Jersey. So you know, kind of a little treat for me. Uh, after tonight, I'll have two bottles left. I'm going to baby those for a while. Uh, then I got, uh, I went to a, uh, actually I went to a brew pub out there for a change, uh, Dragon Mead. And I, well, they, they had a, they had a, um, uh, like a sampler flight. It, the, the glasses are actually bigger than a typical flight, which was kind of nice. Um, you get five glasses. Um, was it? I think five glasses, six ounces each. I think a flight is typically four ounces per glass. Uh, it was ten and a half bucks. Great deal. You get to you know sample basically a bunch of different ones. And I'm trying to remember exactly what which ones I had. Um, in fact, you know what? Uh, let me jump into Facebook because my profile picture on Facebook, I have the flight in front of me and I might be able to read the names. It might, ah, fuck, now the beers are blocking them. But, okay. I remember one of them was, uh, it was an apricot ale. The second one was, damn, I'm completely blanking out on what it was now. I think it was a. I think it was like a cherry wheat. I'm not 100% certain now. I, I'd, I'd also have to look back in my um, in my untapped history, but I don't have the time to go through that right now. The third one that I actually got a growler of because it was my favorite, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with the name, is uh, Red Wing Raspberry Wheat, which delicious has a nice tartness to it. That's actually what I'm drinking right now. And then there was, um, well, actually, you know what? Um, hell, I can probably actually bring this up because I remember somebody asked me on Instagram. So I'll let that uh, come up there. But uh, another, it was a, uh, I believe, a smoked porter. Um, let me see if I can get into my pictures. Here we go. There we go. Okay. Um, apricot wheat. Okay, here we go. Apricot wheat, strawberry blonde, raspberry wheat, um, an oatmeal stout. The oatmeal stout was really, really good too. And a rock beer. The rock beer was actually, it, it was probably one of the strongest smokinesses I've had other than the Eichschlenkerla. Wow, I actually said that right for once. Um, really good, but I, I was determined to only get one growler. Otherwise, I may have probably gotten the oatmeal stout because that was really nice and creamy um but if you do um check out on if you know check out my instagram or whatever um it's dcsnj ediciusnj 
And uh, one of the pictures on there, you'll see the flight there. And it, it's actually kind of a nice progression of color there. You get like the nice light to kind of the cloudy to the more reddish and then into the two darker ones. And I'm fortunate that I still had anything left to drink because after that picture, because as I turned the flight around, I didn't realize that the board that the flight was on was actually kind of a, um, well, it had like feet on it. And I, um, I, well, I sloshed a little, little bit on the table. Um, shockingly, not as much as it looked like I sloshed on the table and on my pants and a little bit on the floor. I think the most of it I lost was, I don't know, like half an inch from the rock beer. But otherwise, I, I was pretty good. Looked like an ass. Looked like I was drunk, even though I hadn't even had a drink yet. But um, they also had really, really good fried pickles there. Um, just a little aside there. They they also do their own mead there. Thus, you know, dragon mead. Um, they do some of their own sodas there. They had a strawberry, like a strawberry cream soda. My wife got it. She thought it tasted like cough syrup. I tasted it. I thought it was fine. But... I don't. Know. My wife is weird with strawberry stuff. Um, what was that? I, I think I, I had to get a. I had to pick up a cheap shampoo for us for our trip, and I just picked up like VO five strawberries and cream. Yes, I know, Ooh, fruity, fancy. Um, and I thought it was. I thought it smelled nice. My wife thought it smelled like cough syrup. I. I she has some weird perception with, uh, with strawberry, and no Red Sox. They did not cut me off because nobody noticed that I did it. Thankfully, <laughs> I was very very stealthy about it did not jump from the table or anything. I was just like, oops, grabbed some napkins, dabbed things off and continued doing what I was doing. Um, uh, but I mean, that, that, that flight, I mean, it was like, what did I say? It was six ounces per glass. <laughs> yeah. Punchy's right. To me, the cutoffs when I pay my bill and go to the next bar. Exactly. Uh, but let's see, it was six, 12, six times five, 30. So 30 ounces. So you're looking at, you know, more than, well, almost almost two pints there for ten and a half bucks of five different flavors of beer. I think that's a pretty good deal. I mean, next time I go back to Michigan, whenever the hell that is, they'll have some different flavors in season, and I'll try those. But I, I was very 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 happy with the selection they had there. So I got the growler of the raspberry wheat, and uh, actually cracked it open for the first time for the show tonight, um, and it. It held up pretty well in the growler. My wife was worried because they didn't seem to have the same kind of like hermetically pressurized sealed system that the place we go to out here does. But everything seemed to hold pretty good. Take a drink there. Okay. Then. Oh, yeah. There was one more beer that I bought. Um, This one I found amusing. I I mentioned this in a previous show a while back. Um. This is a beer that my wife's grandmother swears by. And, well, I I don't know. All I can say is she lives in Florida. And, uh, I, I, I mean, Florida is a big beer state, so I don't know why she wouldn't be able to find something better. It was Big Flats 1901. Yes, that is the cheap Walgreens beer. $3.50. For a six pack of cans. <laughs> and it tastes just like it costs cheap as shit. <laughs> um, it, to be honest, it wasn't as horrible as I was expecting. Um, I mean, 
honestly, it it was really on par with like a PBR or something like that. I, for for three fifty, you can't really, you can't really, you know, complain too much about that. But that was one since since they sell beer in Walgreens and you know Seven Eleven and stuff like that out there. I was gonna try and hit a Trader Joe's and get their house brand, but um, I. There was there wasn't a Trader Joe's close by enough, especially on the last day. I wasn't gonna you know truck out to Royal Oak or whatever. Um, oh, Punchy has a new stolen gimmick this week. He has good news and bad news. The good news is you're listening to alcohol by volume. The bad news is Kevin's liver is taking a pounding. <sighs> Very nice, Punchy. And I, I still, when I was out in Michigan, I was still looking for that goddamn trooper for you, and I cannot find it. And I know you're not really drinking right now either, because you know healthy Punchy and everything, but. Oh, I've been looking for that like crazy for you, and I still can't find the... Ah. I don't know. I'll find it eventually. I want to find that new Wells one, too. The uh, the sticky toffee pudding or whatever it is. Anyway, the beers I was gifted. These were very interesting. There, there were actually a couple within here that I've had before. Um, I, got, I had new uh, a bottle of New Holland Ichabod. That's a pumpkin one. And Arcadia Jaw Jacked, another pumpkin one. I'm almost positive I've had that. Um, but then there's Founders Imperial Stout. I don't believe I've ever seen that out here. Got a few bottles of that. Oh, Brent says there's no more Trooper beer. God damn it. See, I know it was supposed to distribute to the U.S. I thought it was going to distribute to Jersey. I never saw it. Never saw. I, I really wanted to surprise Punchy with a bottle. Ugh, damn it. Um, but Founders Imperial Stout three bottles of it because my friend Nicole just was not into the whole anise flavor of it, which I love that in my stouts. I already had one bottle of that. Loved it. Um, Bell's Hop Slam. Now, I take that as being a more hoppy kind of beer, but I'm going to try that because Bell's does good stuff. Uh, Coonhen Dark Heathen. And I know that one is a collaboration with Ah, oh, damn, with some with someone else, and I can't remember with who. Um, you know, it uh, might have actually been might have actually been Dragon Mead, Dragon's Mead. I'm not sure. Or wait, Dragon? Yeah, Dragon Mead, not Dragon's Mead. Sorry. Coonhan. Uh, yeah, I know that sounds vaguely racist, doesn't it? Dark Heathen. Let me just take a real quick look here. Uh, beer advocate. What do they say? Blah 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 blah. Uh, well, it's a, it's a triple block. Um, it doesn't say anything on here. Uh, but it, it, I know it is a collaboration with someone else. I just can't remember who. Um, uh, it's on the bottle though. Um, okay, so there was that. New Holland Four Witches. I believe that's a black saison. Jolly Pumpkin Madrugada Obscura. I can't even remember what the hell that was, but I like Jolly Pumpkin stuff, so. That one I'm probably going to love. Bell's Black Note Stout. Another stout. Going to love that. New Glarus Coffee Stout. I don't get any New Glarus out here. And I always hear great things about them. And I love a coffee stout, so why not? Arcadia Imperial Stout. Uh, Dark Horse 4 Smoked Stout. Love smoked beers. Great Lakes Christmas Ale. I'm not sure if I've seen that out here, but I know I've never had it before. But... Then I got one bottle of something that is one of my personal white whales. And I know it's, it's not that big a deal. It's not like Pliny the Elder or Hetty Topper or anything like that. 
but it's got a hundred score on Beer Advocate. I've wanted to try it ever since I really started to get into beer. And when I saw this bottle in the box, I words do not express how happy I was. This is one of those bottles that I am going to have to find the absolute perfect time to drink it. I want my palate cleansed beforehand. I want nothing disturbing me. You know, maybe on a weekend when my wife and kid are out of the house. Founders KBS. Yes, it is a bottle of their Kentucky Breakfast Stout. I am so, so looking forward to trying that. Um, and, and that's that's one that is going to end up on the ABV beer tasting list. For and for those of you that are not familiar with it, I know Brent made a couple additions there. TinyURL.com slash ABV beer tasting. Open spreadsheet. Add your beers on there. I got to add some of these on there as I have them. And I know Marianne added something there recently. I believe it was uh, Lagunitas Brown Sugar. And it honestly doesn't surprise me, um, the comment she made on there, how she was expecting it to be sweeter from a you know, beer called Brown Sugar, and that it was more hoppy than sweet. But Lagunitas seems, seems to be like that. I think, they, I think I've had their coffee stout, and that wasn't hoppy, but that was about it. Um, so yeah, th- those, were, those were all the beers. My, my fridge is packed pretty good right now especially since I've been I'm still cutting down a little bit not not uh not not drinking ridiculous amounts I mean I I weighed myself in at uh on the Monday before Thanksgiving and somehow I had knocked down another 5 pounds over the previous week so I'm down to 165 I don't know how the hell that happened of course this past week I probably screwed up something with that even though I did go for those 4 mile runs on uh Thursday and Friday uh, those were actually, those were actually quite a bit of fun. On Thursday, it was snowing that morning, and these were trail runs with a lot of leaves and down trees. So it was kind of treacherous, but fun as hell. My time sucked. I mean, my second, my second day was the same track, but uh, my time the second day was like nine minutes less than the previous day, which is kind of nice. Um, so some more holiday fun since we're we're just getting out of Thanksgiving. We'll be going into Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or winter solstice or whatever the hell you celebrate. Family dinner drinking game. This is from AmericanCraftBeer.com. See, I, I think some of us may be able to uh, use this pretty well. And, and you, you, can, uh, you can tailor this to, uh, to your own family because you know, some, some of our family members may fit some of these lines better than others. So, you should drink when grandma says something racist. Okay. A child ruins something. I'll be drinking the whole goddamn night. The host or food preparer is anal about anything. I don't know if that includes sex, but we'll just say yes. A teenager does not want to be part of the festivities. Well, since I don't have any uh, teenager teenage family around, I will not be uh, drinking with that. Anyone is on their phone, well, okay, again, that, that's liver damage right there nowadays. Uh, someone asks you about your sex life or when you're going to have children. I've already had a child, so I don't have to worry about that now. Anyone gives fake canned praise on how good the food tastes. Someone brings up an embarrassing moment from anyone else's past. Drink two if it's your past. An older family member shares a, quote, long military story. Drink for the duration of the story. And... 
Finally, anyone cries or breaks wind out loud, finish your beer and go get another one. Um, let's see. I'd probably drink that one, drink that one, drink that one, drink that one. Drink, yeah, I, I, I would have alcohol poisoning by the end of the dinner. Um, so I may, I may, I may play that uh, this Christmas. Give me some entertainment. Oh, and speaking speaking of my um my uh you know trying to be healthy drinking ways and everything. Remember, uh, it was either last week, uh, might have been last week, might have been the week before, when I mentioned how beerscaloriescarbs.com changed the way I get calories of beers to track on my Fitbit. Well, this uh, I, I guess I guess it's a regular feature uh, from phillymag.com called Fubus, and no, it's not like the uh, the clothing for those uh, fine, upstanding urban gentlemen. It is F-O-O-B-O-O-Z. Uh, they put together a calculator for the beers that I can't find on beers, calories, carbs. Uh, it calculates based on alcohol by volume. So it's kind of like what I was doing before, so it's still very approximate, but it does the math for me, so I don't really have to tax my brain too much, which, as we all know, might be uh, difficult. So if you're interested in that, just look up uh, FUBU's on phillymag.com and you'll find it. It's Craft Beer Calorie Calculator. Uh, this one, before I get into news proper, um, I am unfamiliar with who the hell these guys are, but I guess it's a show on IFC called The Birthday Boys. I don't know if they're a uh, comedy troupe or something. But they did this video. Apparently, it people are trying to force it to go viral. I don't know if... That is actually a thing you can do. But they did a spoof of a brewery called Seven Brothers Brewery. It's kind of... Um, they, they, they tout it as how people may imagine craft breweries. I'll post it on the Facebook page tonight, but I'll actually uh, play it here. Because I, th- I think some of the audio kind of works for this. Uh, let me see here. Make sure Chrome is unmuted and go. They call it craft beer for a reason. I mean, we're craftsmen. We work with our hands. We touch our ingredients. We taste our work. I'm Arthur Pincus, brewmaster. My brothers and I founded Seven Brothers Brewery. So now, right now, it still looks, you know, perfectly normal. A bunch of guys all, you know, brewing beer. We're artisans. We're not afraid oh, to see. They're, they're smelling the hops, the malts, they're rolling the barrels. I like to come down and experience it. Smell it. Smelling the beer. Oh, Taste. he's drinking the beer. And if my head happens to dip in a vat or two, I like to think that just... Yeah, now his head's in the beer. Seven Brothers isn't some corporate brewery. We don't have stringent guidelines or overseers in suits. In fact, we don't even have guardrails or lids on some of our largest brew kettles. <laughs> we have a lot of accidents. If someone were to fall into a fermenting vessel or an aging keg... It's just a reflection of how close we are to this beer. Yeah, I don't know about all that shit, but I swim in the beer. Yes, now they're all jumping into the vats of beer. 99, stand into the barrel. And naked man-ass showering in beer. Our grandfather was the first brewmaster in the U.S. to fall into a mash kettle. Yeah, 
basically a lot of jumping into and possibly drowning in uh, beer vats. Frankly, we don't know any other way, and we think you can taste the difference. Ready, guys? And now they're doing synchronized swimming slash diving into the beer. Makes me wonder if they actually potentially used beer for this, which is frightening. Come on in. And to close the commercial, or, you know, spoof commercial, there's a Band-Aid in the bottom of the beer glass. I'll post that on the Facebook group later. I thought it was entertaining. I don't know who these guys are, but they they got a whole series of videos. IFC has uh, their stuff up on YouTube. So, um... If anybody else, if anybody knows who the birthday boys are, let me know. Um, so, uh, actually, before I do this, let me grab another beer. Uh, so, from the New York Times, this is Runners Who Love Beer. Um, I can't remember. I think, I think I got this from, I, I found it myself, but I believe Marianne also submitted this one to me, too. The blog is actually, for a change, pretty well written on its own, so I'll kind of read bits from it, interject with my own take on you know what's going on here. Again, for the New York Times uh, health and science section. Uh, in a dark corner of the Second Street Brew House in South Philadelphia, where the food menus are laminated in the chalkboard draft list lit by white Christmas lights, David April stood on a bar stool and called for attention after thanking the 70 or so runners for joining him that night, he lifted a full pint over his head and gave a hearty yell to the professor. Mr. April's co-founder of the Fishtown Beer Runners won a long line of clubs that celebrate the joys of running and beer drinking. Now, I know I've mentioned beer runs and you know running and drinking before. You know, I'm a runner, so you know, this is kind of relevant to me. Uh, you know, like I said, I was running over the Thanksgiving break. Uh I have never been in a beer run, although I am not opposed to doing it for those uh, that uh, don't know, technically called a beer mile. For those that don't know what it is, it's a mile run, and I believe you drink one beer at the start, one beer at the quarter mile, one beer at half mile. Uh, actually, you know what? I may be wrong. I'm sorry. You start one beer at quarter mile, one beer at half mile, one beer at three quarters, and then one beer at the end, I believe. Um, and yeah, they even mentioned that here in the blog. Um, let's see, uh, another, another beer club, the Hash House Harriers started by British soldiers stationed in Malaysia in 1938 and the beer milers, four beers and four laps on the track. And this, I did not know vomit and you're penalized. Uh, and I hear that that actually happens a lot more frequently than you might think with the beer mile. And you can't. With the beer miles, typically you cannot have any crappy, well, not really crappy, watered-down beer. I think they have a minimum alcohol level. I want to say like 4.5%. So you're, you're, not, you're not getting any like really, really light beer to kind of, to kind of, uh, you know, skimp out of that and, you know, trick your way through it. Uh, let's see. Dan Castillo. Do, 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 do. That's where the professor comes in. Uh, Manuel J. C- Ma- or, I'm sorry, Manuel J. Castillo, professor of medical physiology at the University of Granada School of Medicine in Spain, who has studied the effects of beer on athletic performance. Uh, he's not a runner, but a skier and a tennis player. He wanted to do a little bit of research on the effects of beer. And Jesus Christ, there's a dog screaming practically behind me. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, 
Um, let's see. Uh, that distraction there. Um, he had a study. He had 16 physically active men run on a treadmill for an hour in a heated room and then either drink water or 660 milliliters of beer, about two cans with the standard 4.5% alcohol content. The result, a moderate amount of beer after exercise didn't adversely affect these young athletes' recovery. We've seen this in some other reports before that say beer is better at hydrating you after exercise than water is. Uh, there have been brewers that have tried, you know, tried to add electrolytes into beer, things like that. But overall, beer itself is, is you know, good. I'd say it's good for athletes. Uh, we found this amount of beer is as effective as water to recovery from exercise. Uh, goes on to mention uh, a recent study published in the International Journal of Sport Nutrition and Exercise Metabolism provides some further reassurance. Uh, seven men exercised vigorously until they lost about 2% of their body mass. Afterward, they had one of four fluid replacements. Light beer, 2.3% alcohol. Light beer with added salt. Ugh. Standard beer, 4.8% alcohol content. Or standard beer with salt. The salt was added because of the known benefits of electrolytes for rehydration. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. But uh, salt? Goddamn. Uh, researchers found that drinking the light beer with added salts produced the greatest benefits and didn't put athletes at great risk of further dehydration, something that can occur with higher strength beers. Okay. Makes sense. I understand that. Uh, and I guess maybe that, that that's where it might come into play a little bit with the beer mile, where you're 4. Or 4.5% and above, you may be kind of dehydrating yourself, and that's going to make you puke pretty well right there. Uh, the point is not to get non-drinkers to drink beer, but to provide beer drinkers with a healthy alternative. Okay. Uh, he says this is an example of harm minimization. Some athletes drink beer after exercising. The point was not to prove that beer plus salt was a better rehydration liquid than water or a sport drink, but to help athletes choose a better way to drink beer afterward. Adding salt to your beer might sound silly, but it's not hard. Or, says this one doctor, have a salty snack with the beer. That makes sense, too. Of course, depending on the salty snack, uh, that may kind of you know defeat the whole purpose of your workout. I know when it comes to tortilla chips, I have one, I have two, I have the whole bag, and then I'm screwed. Uh, they say non-alcoholic beer may be a better option for athletes. Yeah, but who wants to, who wants to drink non-alcoholic? Non-alcoholic beer is not the beverage of choice for most members of the Fishtown beer runners who meet every Thursday at either Mr. April's house in the Fishtown section of Philly or at a location in the Bella Vista neighborhood close to Center City. The group has chapters in West Philadelphia and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, as well as in Montreal, and also inspired a series of beer runs that kicked off in Spain last year with six events around that country that drew more than 5,000 participants. Uh, beer running combines two actions, running and being social. You have the serious solo runner who needs socialization, and the guy who drinks too much who needs exercise. Being social encourages more people to be consistent. Um, well, shit, I'm, I'm a solo runner and I'm a solo drinker. Uh, what does that do for me? Um, I mean, I, I like running with other people. It kind of provides me a benchmark as to, you know, how quick I'm moving and everything. Um, but I don't, I don't often drink with others because I have nobody else to drink with. Um, so anybody want to drink with me? Wait, no, the last time that happened, I, I, no, no, we all know the the hospital visit. Not gonna, not gonna get back into that again. Although, I may have that up as a best of at some point. Uh, 
So, a uh, little follow-up then. Uh, it was a bit from Tim Sigelski. I'm probably butchering his name, um, but he's the beer runner at draftmag.com. Uh, I thought he had a nice thing that kind of tied into this. Um, talking about you know scientific explanation for why you should drink beer at the end of your next run. Um, he was listening to a TED Talk from Daniel Kahneman about why the end of any experience is crucial to our memories. Um, we remember through stories we create for ourselves, the ending of each story strongly influences its overall feeling and meaning. This holds true for both positive and negative experiences. Then this guy went on to use colonoscopies and vacations as examples. Colonoscopies feel less painful if they don't end during the most acutely painful portion. Okay. <laughs> Conversely, the memory of a fun vacation can be ruined if the last day is marred by an unpleasant experience. So, the beer runner here ties that into drinking beer after running. And this... I completely agree with this. He says, running can be painful, no doubt about it. The experience from miles 20 to 26 of a marathon, okay, I haven't done that yet, is something no one wants to remember. If you dwell on that, you'd never want to train again. But what do you remember from your last race or hard training run? Do you remember the pain or do you think about the medal you received at the finish line or the feeling of accomplishment? If you want to stick with running, remember one thing, reward yourself at the end. Beer can make the whole experience better. And... Complete, completely, completely right on that. When I run, a lot of the times I got to drag myself out there to do it. Most mornings, I honestly don't, I, I'm not excited about getting out there to run. I, I've mentioned before how, you know, a lot of the times I'll run so I can, you know, make sure, you know, you know, I can eat, you know, whatever I want later in the day. Um, but after a run, I do have that sense of accomplishment. If I had a beer waiting for me at the end, I'd feel even better. But considering that I run uh, during my work day, that may potentially be frowned upon. Although uh, during the summer, there was that period when I did have some cans of purple haze in my car and I'd uh, you know, indulge in one of those after after the run, allegedly. Um, I, I, I could be completely lying about that. Nobody will ever know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else I got here? Um... You know what, this will lead me into break. Let me uh, crack open my Neapolitan here. Oh, god damn, that it even smells good. Oh. Seriously, that is one of the best, best milk stouts I've ever had. So good. And even, even the label, just, I don't know. Check it out. If, if you can find Neapolitan milk stout in your area, try it. Now, a little pricey, comes in a four-pack, and I think it was like ten ninety nine. My dad was with me when I picked it up, and he's like, eleven ninety nine for four beers? I'll spend eleven ninety nine on like 24 beers. Like, yeah, I know, I'll beat you by Milwaukee's best dad. But, you know. Um, drinking after 40, why hangovers hit harder. I know there aren't, mm, I don't know. I don't know the demographics of my listeners, probably on the lower end of the age scale. But I thought this was interesting because I, uh, well, I'm about, what, like five and a half years away from 40. So I have this to look forward to. Yay! This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, from the article, about 52% of people aged 45 to 60 are regular drinkers, regular in quotes, meaning they had at least 12 drinks in the previous year. 
uh, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's 2011 National Health Interview Survey. And when I initially read that, 12 drinks in a year, if that's a regular drinker, um, what does that make me? Oh, right, an alcoholic, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I have 12 drinks in a, well, realistically, I, I can say 12 drinks in a month. It's not 12 drinks in a week anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. Um, so part of the issue with this is that people in their 40s and older simply tend to not drink as much or as often as those in their 20s and 30s, which will lower their tolerance over time. So basically people like me and Dutch and Coletta, we may not have as much problem when we you know, hit that 40 threshold as long as we kind of keep it consistent, keep our tolerance there, and we won't face those hangovers. As it stands right now, I very rarely get hungover unless I've had a lot to drink and haven't hydrated myself. Like with that ER visit, wasn't hungover at all, but it was because they properly rehydrated me. I mean, honestly, I'm a lot more likely, and this is, this is going to sound so fucking stupid. I'm a lot more likely to get a hangover from eating too much chocolate the night before than I am from beer. Eat too much chocolate at night, I'll wake up with a pounding migraine. Drink four or five bottles of beer the previous night, I'm usually okay. Because I usually follow that up with water anyway. But, um, you know, tolerance, tolerance is a big, big part of this. Changes in body composition affect it. As you get older, you got less muscle mass, you got more fat, less total body water. So less body water equals more dehydration, which, like I said, will lead to the hangovers. Um, then, um, yeah, Brent, <laughs> 12 drinks a year. Uh-oh. I know. I, I don't know. How, how does that qualify as a regular drinker? That's what I'm really trying to figure out. I mean, that's one drink a month. That that seems, I don't know. That I would call somebody that drinks that much, someone somebody that rarely drinks. I my opinion of a regular drinker. I think this this would be a fair estimate. A regular drinker is someone that probably has, on average, two drinks a week. Over the course of a week, average month, that would be eight drinks times 12. What is that? 80, um, 90, 96. 96 drinks a year versus 12. Something something just seems really skewed. I don't know if they did this survey in Utah or something. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, diminished liver efficiency when people hit their 50s. I don't know. Mine will probably diminish in my 40s. Uh, dropping enzyme levels that break down alcohol increase people's exposure to the alcohol. They slow the metabolism, create a longer buzz, which, while that may sound like fun, at the same time you're dehydrating yourself, hangover, blah, blah, blah. Um, alcohol and drug interactions become incre- uh, they become an increased problem with age. Um, you know, obviously, you you know if you're, you know, as as you get older, you're a lot more likely to have more and more and more pills to keep your body in working order. I mean, 
hell me right now. Um, I'm trying to think what I have in my, in my, um, Saturday or my Sunday through Saturday pillbox. Uh, how many are prescription Two are prescription? Uh, one is a over the counter allergy and then multivitamin and two supplements. So right there, I mean, multivitamin, two supplements, uh, two, yeah. wow, like six pills or whatever each day. I mean, so I, I'm already running into that problem. Um, I'll see in the chat. Yeah, Brent says, I would call someone who can who can drink 12 drinks a day a regular drinker. Well, that, that, that might be a little excessive. I don't know. But, I mean, seriously, like, that... I mean, and even they're, they're saying 52% of people aged 45 to 64 are regular drinkers. Even at that age range... Well, okay, it does say at least 12 drinks in the previous year, but still... I would say at least forty-eight drinks in the previous year. That that would, eh, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I got to stop harping on that. I don't know for some reason that that part of the study bugs me. Um, I know they had. Let's see, in this article they had some examples of the uh, problems with the drug interactions. Uh, let's see. Um. Alcohol and many medications are metabolized by the same enzymes in the liver, which can enhance the effects of alcohol or medications. I know this firsthand with Xanax. I don't take it regularly, but if I have a drink with a Xanax, it could be it could be a Bud Light that I'm drinking with that Xanax, and it's going to amplify the Xanax a million times. Um, Heartburn drugs like Zantac interfere with the metabolism of alcohol, uh, thus raising blood alcohol levels. Acetaminophen, Tylenol, poses another problem because combined with alcohol, it can damage the liver. This is why I only take ibuprofen. Uh, Mixing alcohol with blood thinners like Coumadin, I think I'm pronouncing that right, can be particularly dangerous, causing bleeding. People on Coumadin shouldn't really drink at all, says Dr. Oslin, whoever Dr. Oslin is, probably somebody uh, from earlier in this article. Uh, and taking oh boy, <laughs> taking alcohol with some pain medications and benzodiazepines, anti-anxiety drugs, Xanax, can make you quote more prone to sedation. Yes, if I have a drink with Xanax, it will knock me the fuck out. More prone to cardiovascular risk. Oh dear, and more prone to overdose. Uh, if if I have a adult beverage and a Xanax, I'm taking. One Xanax, because even without a drink, two Xanax knocks me the fuck out also. So I, I wouldn't want two Xanax and a drink. I'm not that stupid. I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Um, that's, that's what I said, Marianne. I said that Coumadin was a blood thinner. I, w- I was reading from the article there. I just didn't know if I was pronouncing it right. Um, people with certain medical conditions should also be cautious with alcohol, um, doctors say uh, long-term alcohol use can raise blood pressure and alcohol tends to irritate the stomach. And see, that's kind of funny because I know I get a physical every year. My blood pressure is spot on, which is amazing. Uh, you know, cholesterol is good and everything. I, I'm in the best shape of my life, shockingly. I don't know how the hell I managed that. Uh, I mean, I'm in, I'm in better shape than I was when I was probably, you know, 20. Um, and I mean, I used to have, I used to get ulcers, stomach ulcers when I was like 16, not anymore. 
Um, I think the alcohol probably it doesn't irritate my stomach. It, it mellows me out. Um, doctors generally become concerned when people drink more than a moderate amount of alcohol. Um, so a moderate amount that they say here. I am. That is defined as up to two drinks per day for men and up to one drink per day for women. So, honestly, you know, I, I, I can make the joke and say, oh, I'm not moderate crap. But average it out for me. Uh, I, I'm probably within that moderate level. I know, you know, all the jokes. Ha ha. You know, I'm drunk all the time. Ha. But, I mean, I. I'm trying to remember if I even had a beer yesterday. I take it back. It was my kid's birthday. I had two beers. I had the um, Founders Imperial Stout, and then I had one of those, um, one of the Walgreens beers. So, having three beers today, probably not going to drink tomorrow. Probably may not drink Thursday. Friday, I got a Red Wings Devils game. I'm going to, and I'll be damned if I'm paying. You know. Uh, Prudential Center prices for beer out there unless they have something really good craft on tap. Um, so, I mean, you know, t- two drinks a day, average. I I can I can be moderate. I'm, I'm not more than moderate. There are some days perhaps I am, but eh. I guess I'm getting too serious here. Getting my serious voice. Um, um, oh, <laughs> Marianne typed it as I was saying it. <laughs> um, uh, in your 50s and 60s, the brain becomes more sensitive to alcohol. It also impacts sleep at that age, which I'm not looking forward to that because sometimes I use a drink to help me sleep better. I am terribly against sleep aids because I have a feeling I would become hugely dependent on that. Back when I was, I think I was probably 17 or 18. Uh, I had a brief, brief addiction to caffeine pills. I wish I had that uh, clip from Saved by the Bell. Uh, yeah. But uh, it, I, I was, I was working, uh, I was going to school, and I was working two jobs. So I was basically getting two hours of sleep a day. I was at school for about five hours, working uh, my video post production job for maybe about four hours, and then there was like an eight-hour shift at Sam's Club overnights. So I was taking the caffeine pills to stay awake there, or I was taking, you know, five-minute cat naps uh, behind, you know, fronted stock on a pallet where nobody would find me. But that, um, yeah, that, it, that you know, it, it's the opposite end of the spectrum, but it's why I won't touch sleeping pills whatsoever. I, I'd be worried that I'd do something really stupid with those. Um, and I know, let's see, uh, they have a little infographic kind of thing on here that I'll end with before I uh, hit into break and uh, where the hell Uh, oh that's where that went okay sorry I was was looking for my uh, I had my break queued up but it was not in the right folder because I don't know what I'm doing apparently I'm a professional I really am um Okay. Uh, booze clues. Ha ha ha. It's like blues clues. Ha ha. Um, the facts behind common assumptions about drinking. So the myth is that older men can drink as much as younger men. False. Among other reasons, aging lowers the level of an enzyme that breaks down alcohol. Mention that from the article. Um, 
This I found. I, I didn't realize this was even a myth because I wouldn't do this. Painkiller is a safe way to prevent a hangover. Uh, no, taking acetaminophen like Tylenol along with alcohol can damage the liver. I mean, you can take the ibuprofen the morning of the hangover. May not do much, but... Um, Myth, people who rarely drink don't suffer hangovers as much as they uh, as when they do imbibe. Nope, uh, body's less, acu- less accustomed to tolerating alcohol. Uh, myth, a big meal keeps you from getting drunk. Now, I will admit, I thought this was true. Especially, you know, you say, you know, oh, you know, i am got this big burger here. The bun's going to help me soak up all the alcohol later, you know, all the carbs and everything. They say it's partially false. While eating does help, most of the alcohol is metabolized in the liver obviously, not the stomach. And um, I figure uh, we got some people in the station that, uh, you know, I don't know about this myth, uh, a few extra pounds equals higher tolerance. Now, I know, um, I, I, I don't know how this works with, uh, with um, other narcotics, as we found with Hammy that one night, um, but it's partially false. As people age, they lose muscle and gain fat. Since alcohol isn't distributed in fat, this leads to higher blood alcohol levels. So, uh, so after the break, um, oh, I guess I had that up there twice. Um, after the break, a few things. Uh, I have a shitload of upcoming beer releases that will uh, carry me through pretty well. Uh, this one from Clevescene.com. We have something that may, hopefully, I could only hope, dethrone the cronut, even though you're not really hearing about the cronuts anymore. That seemed to be a really quick passing fad. I, I had a cronut, or the um, equivalent out here. There's a, there's a cupcake chain called Crumbs, and they had a crumb nut. It was okay. It I, I didn't see all the big deal about it. It was okay, but it didn't really didn't really speak to me as much as I thought it would. Thankfully, you know, so I didn't get addicted to it. Um, got this one from Marianne from Huffington Post. Couples drinking habits may predict likelihood of divorce, study says. Uh, am I in trouble? Oh, find out after the break. Um, let's see. Amsterdam employs alcoholics as street cleaners and pays them in beer. Yes, this won't end badly. Uh, Nigerian Sharia police smashed $240,000, or 240,000 bottles of beer. And then uh, there's a energy beer that's launched in Beirut. I believe I will be hitting up all that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beer info after the break. So come back after these brief messages here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin's oh, show. Hey! hey. hey. It's the name of the show. Hey! More Like Radio, less like crap. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on morelikeradio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkside, a.k.a. at DarksideRules on Twitter. Check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. It doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on morelikeradio.com. It's the Unsigned Hype. Unsigned Hype. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio. 
with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show. With guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype. Or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne to do the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something. Something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I I hope you end your life. Now get off the the microphone while I talk to my pal. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542.000. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room? It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Froze up. Ah, are you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's. Like the whole computer just froze up. Oh really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, 
What are you talking about? Oh, uh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta. That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. <laughs> I gotta do the. Uh, <laughs> the Flight 800 of the Adobe players. The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours, damn right, it's better than yours, I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com. Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh. Who, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice—they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio—that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster. That's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with... A family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Alfred Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning in. Oh, he's phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub of Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music, independent music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot. Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe has he met another guy? I really cannot get over him, because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot, considering we used to have Hammy on the show. 
Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. Look at that fish. It's perfect. What? Oh, I'm going to grab it. I'm so hungry. Now we get to eat, boys. Dude, that looks dead. Guys, stop being negative right Hang now. Hang on a side means it's dead. <sighs> I wouldn't get in that water, man. Dude, you're going to get beaver fever. Where are my testicles now, coach? When he catches that little critter, I'm going to show you how to scale it. Ow. That hurts. Yeah, it hurts. A boulder fell on my... Is all this because I teased you about the invite? Yes, it is. No regrets. Ah! Oh, come on, Nick. Yes! Quit it. You guys might be right. It might be dead. In fact, it was dead. Smells fresh. Enough. Welcome to hour number two of Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you want to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Or call 862-345-7125, 862-ALCOHOL. Um, there was something I was going to mention coming back from break, and I completely forgot what the hell it was. And that's the drinking. Yeah, brain becoming more sensitive to alcohol only at 34, not even 50s and 60s for me. Jesus. Um, oh, in um, in the chat, and this isn't what I was getting into, but I remember this. Uh, in the chat, Brent mentioned um, some of the craft beers listed at the uh, Prudential Center, where I will be seeing the Red Wings take on the Devils on Friday. Um, in fact, let me do, 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 do. let me open that back up again, uh, and let me take those. It's so weird. I don't know why it copies weird symbols into the URL, uh, but it was actually it, it pretty good. A guide to beer at the Prudential Center. For the most part, it's you know big beer. Uh, Budweiser, Miller, Coors, dominating there. Um, Bud Light, Golden Wheat, which actually I would try because I haven't, I don't think I've ever had that before. Who knows, it might actually be halfway decent. Uh, Landshark Lager, which I'm not a big fan of Landshark. Uh, Michelob, Amber Bach, eh. Uh, They got Blue Moon. Mm, You know, Blue Moon's okay. Um, In terms of imports, uh, Newcastle, Hogarden, Czechvar, Amstel Light, ugh. Uh, Heineken, Stella, Bex, Bass, and uh, really only a couple craft beers. Um, let's see, limited to two offerings from the Craft Brewers Alliance. You have Widmer, Hefeweizen, and Red Hook Long Hammer IPA. Obviously, the latter of that I'm not going to be touching because no IPAs for me. Um, they even I'm actually kind of impressed that they have it's an Anheuser-Busch one but it's it's the uh, one of the gluten-free ones Redbridge. I've had that before. It's not bad for a sorghum-based beer. Not great, but if I had celiac, it would it would do in a pinch. Um the guy also mentions in this article uh, for beer geeks room for improvement at the Prudential Center, but you got to play to the taste of the fans. Um Apparently they got Molson Canadian on draft near section 133. So I, something about there's something right about having Molson Canadian at a hockey game. So if if I am going to have a have a drink at the game, I will probably be picking up a Molson and punching the chat says fuck the Devils, 
Well, yeah, I'm wearing my Red Wing shit that night. I, I'm wearing I'm wearing my uh, well th- this year's Winter Classic jersey. I got a Datsuk jersey. Well, uh, from China. I got it for like thirty bucks. It, it looks legit enough. My wife will probably wear my old Winter Classic jersey. It's a Zetterberg, again from China, about thirty bucks. <coughs> Sorry. And I actually got my my kid is going to be the only one with like a legit jersey. How do you figure that one? I got him a uh, Franzen jersey. I mean, it's not it's not the uh, embroidered and all that. It's you know, screen printed, but still, it's legit. I uh, got him a Franzen jersey uh, a couple months back. So uh, that w- that will be a fun fun time. It'll be his first hockey game. He just turned two yesterday, and I swear I was watching. Um, you know, I guess that was I guess that was last night or the night before. I was I was watching uh the Wings against Ottawa. And I wasn't even normally when the Wings score, I will, you know, hoot and holler and, you know, raise my arms and everything. But I actually wasn't reacting like that. My kid saw the Wings score and then raised his hands by himself. The kid's a born hockey fan. Obviously my kid. Obviously, my kid. Um, oh, Punchy says when he gets uh, the free money, he's going to be getting a replica Justin Smith jersey. He knows it's football, but we're talking jerseys. And dude, like if you can, if you can, um, fuck, I'm trying to remember the site that I got my uh, not quite <laughs> legitimate <clears throat> Red Wings jerseys off of, but I know they had football jerseys there too. And dude, you could save a lot of money and. Honestly, to me, I mean, I, I don't know how they are with the football jerseys, but it, if you're interested, I'll find that site for you because it, it's it's pretty worth it. You could really, really stock up on stuff. I mean, I think I only have mm, three legitimate hockey jerseys, and, and come on, you know, this is part of this. This is the stuff part of the show in, in the logo, and you know, hockey goes with beer. But I think I only have. I used to have a lot of Red Wings jerseys, and I sold a lot of them off. Um. Oh, and Punchy says he's gotten the not quite legit jerseys in the past. The problem with the NFL ones is the stitching always comes out. Okay, you know what? I don't blame you for not going that way then, because with mine, I have um the legit ones. I have I have a Shanahan Rangers jersey. I have a laugh at me for this all you want, Andreas Lilia Red Wings jersey. There's a whole whole story behind that. Uh, I got a Chris Osgood Red Wings jersey. I got a Chris Osgood Islanders jersey. Yes, I have an Islanders jersey and a Rangers jersey. I, and I do want a Devils jersey. Just I was going to get Parise, and then he freaking left. So I don't know. I might get a Henrique jersey at some point. Um, or a Bruner jersey if he sticks around. Um, what are the other... Do I have any other legit... Oh, yeah. I have a um, legit Ovechkin one, too. Uh, then the, the not-quite-legit ones I have, I have... Winter Classic Datsuk for this year. Old Winter Classic Zetterberg. Um, uh, Miller from uh, Buffalo. And I think that might be it for those. So if anybody's ever, if anybody's interested in the site that I, I got some of my stuff from, uh, hit me up on Twitter uh, at E-D-I-C-A-U-S or if you want to hit the show Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. Um, or if you just want to, you know, email me because, it, you know, you're, you're, you know, feel like using email and Kevin at more like radio.com. Um, so let me get back into the, 
the stories and everything here. Um, from Clevescene.com. It's a potential competitor to the Cronut. Now, why am I talking about a competitor to the Cronut? This is a beer show. Come on. Um, well, there is something called Brew Nuts. And, oh, damn. Punchy just mentioned a movie that I don't know. Uh, I'm, And I can't even pronounce it. Perot Le Faux. Damn. Because he says his night is going to go like this. Work out in a few minutes and watch per, Perot Le Faux. And, ugh. Oh, my my movie knowledge is failing me. Sorry, Punchy. But anyway, out of, out of Cleveland here. Craft beer-based donuts from Cleveland called Brew Nuts. Um, <laughs> wait, in your defense about mentioning Cronuts, you did just talk about jerseys. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Cronuts, I could be completely off topic with it. Nobody really noticed, but we are talking beer here. I am actually talking beer. The craft beer-based donuts from Cleveland. Brunuts. It's Cleveland's newest culinary startup. Uh, and I hope I am not butchering these names because they may, may, may be listening tonight. Uh, Shelly Fasulko, Fasulko, I think I'm getting that right. And John Pippen, they bake them fresh and to order in their home kitchen and, uh, in the warehouse district. And I believe they have another kitchen that they do it from too. They use local ingredients, including local craft brews. Out of the six current varieties that they have going right now, four of them are made with local craft beer. So that's pretty impressive right there. Um, you know, Keep it local. I know one one that I saw that the, I think it was a beer they were using for tasting. I don't know if they necessarily used it in a donut or a brew nut, um, was the Wells Banana Bread beer. I could see that working very, very well. Uh, some examples of the donuts that they've offered, or the brew nuts, however you want to term it here. Uh, pumpkin ale donut with white chocolate cardamom glaze. <sighs> Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> Maple bacon bourbon ale donut. Oh, God. And a hard cider apple donut. It, that that last one is... That's perfect. That is perfect. I mean... The, the fact that nobody really thought about doing that one, especially the last one before... You know, brilliant. I say it's brilliant. They want to open up a formal shop, but right now they're currently taking orders via phone, email, and Facebook. If you want to check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash brewnutsclee, C-L-E, so brewnutscleveland. Um, and actually, let's see, I believe I have an image of some of the brewnuts if you want to check it out in the chat. And if you're listening live but you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. Join in the fun. Post this here in the chat. Oh, those look so good. I'm assuming those ones on the right, for those of you in the chat, are the maple bacon bourbon ale donuts. So, so good looking. Like like Louis C.K. said, I mean, I I have a weakness for donuts. Like I told you all those Timbits I ate. Um, I have a weakness for donuts. Louis C.K., put it best, I can't not eat all the donuts. You know, yeah, 12, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to eat them all right here. Come on, yeah. And this is this is why I don't often purchase donuts. But these, these I would do. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like they deliver out of the Cleveland area. Freshness would be important, obviously, so I can totally understand that. But oh, I'd... I'm bummed that I can't taste test these things. I mean, 
I would even I would even take a stale brew nut and I I would not necessarily even factor that in. I would say you know, it, it would probably it would probably still be fantastic stale. I mean, come on, I mean Dunkin' Donuts is supposedly making them right around the corner for me and those end up stale, you know, almost immediately. So I mean these these look fantastic right off the you know, right off the bat there. Oh, oh I love a donut. I love a donut. And when you add beer into the mix, oh, I would love a brew nut. And I'm actually, like I mentioned that I'm Shelly and John may, may be listening to the show tonight. So if they are, hi Shelly, hi John. Uh, I'm currently going to be working on the logistics, hopefully to have Shelly and or John on the show within the next few weeks, because I would like to talk brew nuts, you know, kind of just, you know, general shooting the shit kind of questions. Um, what made them, you know, what what led them in this direction of the the wonderful, holy marriage of donut and beer? I mean, were they watching an episode of Simpsons? I don't know, you know, but um, hopefully, I will be able to get them on within the next few weeks. Uh, talk to them about it a bit, just converse about the brew nuts, and maybe 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 convince them to to send me. Send me a couple here in Jersey. I, I, like I said, I don't care if they're stale. I, oh, I will eat the hell out of them. Okay, I gotta get past that now. Uh, from Huffington Post, Marianne sent me this one. Couples' drinking habits may predict likelihood of divorce. Study says. Ah, uh, so a new study concludes that heavy drinking isn't a marital deal breaker so long as both spouses are consuming the same amount of alcohol. Researchers at the University of Buffalo followed 634 couples through the first nine years of marriage and discovered that couples who drink similar amounts of alcohol on average are more likely to have a successful marriage than couples who differ in their drinking patterns. Now, I, 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 have, I have some strong opinions on this, but I'm going to keep going through the article here. Uh, specifically, 50% of couples in which one partner was imbibing significantly more than their spouse ended up divorcing. However, that number dropped to 30% for couples who possess similar drinking habits, regardless if they were heavy or light drinkers. Uh, not the first time researchers have found a link between drinking habits and divorce, blah, 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 with that. Okay. Now, with this, I'm, I'm calling BS on this study. Mainly because I'm seeing a false causal relationship with this. You know, they said, basically... If you drink more than your spouse, you're at more risk of divorce. Now, while that may be true, it may not necessarily be as a result of the drinking. See, my wife barely drinks at all, and of course I'm a drunken mess. However, I, for instance, don't sleep around drunkenly or otherwise. I don't get into trouble from drinking. I don't usually go out drinking. Very rarely do I go... Like, okay, the bowling alley incident, but my wife was there. So, and she was there to take care of me. Dennis was there to take care of me, too. Uh, I know he hates that. Um, but really, like, you know, the, the only the only other time I can really remember going out drinking when my wife wasn't there was, you know, back... Uh, Hell, wow, I'm thinking now that was back in 2012 um, when I went out with um, Hammy and Dutch. 
otherwise I don't I don't really go out drinking at all. So I don't go out drinking and uh, you know of course that could be a problem you know you go out drinking and that could lead to the infidelity that could lead to the oh I'm not home till 4 in the morning fight fight fight. Um and then also you know I don't beat my wife in a drunken rage or otherwise. I think that those might actually be factors where those marital problems may be more frequent among drinkers and then lead to divorce. So it's not uneven drinking leading to the divorce. It's the behaviors that may be linked to drinking that will lead to the divorce. Um, I mean, if, you know, if a couple is drinking the same amounts of alcohol, they are probably both going out drinking. Therefore, there's less of a chance of, you know, the guy slipping off into the bathroom, you know, with some hooker or whatever. Um, you know, not getting... In, if if one of them is getting into trouble from drinking, both of them are probably getting into trouble from drinking because she probably said something stupid and he has to back it up with his fists. So, um, and, you know... It, if and if they're both going out drinking, they're probably going home passing out, and he's going to be too exhausted to beat her up anyway. You know, I know I'm, I'm not making light of that. Sorry, but seriously, though, I I I think this is just one of those studies that's trying to make more out of it. Or maybe I'm just maybe I'm just being overly defensive because I drink significantly more than my wife ever does. I mean, my wife has maybe maybe one drink a month, and that might even be. That might even be uh, overselling it a bit, um, but yeah, I I think it's more linked to behaviors of heavy drinkers sometimes versus the actual drinking. So I don't know. Just my thought there. Uh, I picked this one up yesterday. I, I well, I was out of town. I did not have a lot of time to do show prep, so I was happy to you know pick up what I could here. Uh, this is from the Independent UK. Uh, we could also call this if P-Rock or Dutch ever needed job news. Amsterdam employs alcoholics as street cleaners and pays them in beer. Now, first thought is, oh yeah, shit, this is going to end really, really badly. Um, and wow, I'm seeing a sidebar in this article. Breaking Bad inspires parents to name their children after drug dealers instead of royals. Okay. Um Anyway, this uh, project, it was organized by the Rainbow Foundation Charity, paid for by Dutch state subsidies and donations. See, perfect for Dutch, because it's Dutch. (laughs) Um, The project rounds up alcoholics who've been, quote, causing a nuisance in parks and puts them to work as street cleaners. I I go on. It sounds good. Uh, It's three days a week for these guys, and I would assume they'd spread it out amongst the different troublemakers, so they'd have a full week filled with people. Six and a half hours a day, they get paid 10 euros. They get five cans of beer and half a packet of loose tobacco per shift. Plus, they also get coffee in the morning if they want it and a hot meal. They're in groups of 10 for each shift. Beer consumption's monitored, so they're not all getting hammered and everything. Uh, the charity's chief executive, Jerry Holterman, told the AFP News Agency, the aim is to keep them occupied to get them doing something so they no longer cause trouble at the park. This group of chronic alcoholics was causing a nuisance in Amsterdam's Ooster Park. Fights, noise, and 
this made me chuckle the way she uh, described this. Disagreeable comments to women. Also known as, Hey, show me your tits! Or something like that. Um, the workers say they use the money they earn to, surprise, surprise, buy more beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least the streets are getting clean from this, right? Obviously, you can't pay bills with beer, but it doesn't sound like these guys are avid bill payers in the first place. And if they're cleaning the streets and it's keeping them out of trouble for at least three days, and over the course of the week, you get a bunch of these guys doing this. Shit, why not? I mean, you know, I know in the U.S. it would never fly you know, paying them with beer. Amsterdam is obviously a bit more liberal in that respect. Um, it's good that it's at least partially donation covered and not all state subsidies, which may as well mean that Dutch taxes would pay for these guys' alcoholism. So you got to appreciate the the um, donation aspect of it. Um, see, I... I uh, a few quotes from the article. One alcoholic named Frank told an AFP reporter, I think I can speak for the group and say that if they didn't give us beers, then we wouldn't come. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're getting f- five beers per shift. So, I mean, they work three days. They're getting they're getting 15 beers, although for an alcoholic, that's not a lot, I guess. But also 10 euros. They're getting fed. They're getting, you know, tobacco, which if they smoke, good for them. Um. We need alcohol to function. That's the disadvantage of chronic alcoholism. Well, that's one of the many disadvantages. Um, but Frank said the added structure to the alcoholics' lives is, quote, good for us, but he was under no illusions as to whether or not the scheme would serve to wean the workers off drink. Of course, we drink in a more structured way, but I don't think that we drink less. When we leave here, we go to the supermarket and transform the 10 euros we earned into beers. So... Um, let's see. Uh, on the four days his group is not working, Frank added, "Nothing seems to have changed. When the supermarket opens at eight a.m., we're the first there, so we can get some drinks." Okay, so the four days they're not working; they're still being a nuisance. But three days, cleaner streets. <sighs> Why not? Other otherwise, they're out there all seven days of the week, you know, stirring up shit. So, why not? Why not? And what the hell? Sun will flip upside down within weeks, says NASA. Ah! Is that a bad thing? I don't know. I gotta stop looking at these sidebar articles. Um, let's see. What else I got here? Nigeria Sharia police smashed 240,000 bottles of beer. Another wonderful example of religion ruining everything. Uh, this is from Yahoo News. Police enforcing Islamic law in Nigeria's city of Kano, Kano, I don't know, publicly destroyed, oh, they publicly, publicly did it, what dicks, some 240,000 bottles of beer on Wednesday, the latest move in a wider crackdown on behavior deemed immoral in the area. Ooh. Ooh. Scary, scary. I don't know. Just, ugh. Fucking morality police bug me. I know, it's Sharia law, blah, blah, respect all our religions, blah, blah. When you start turning this shit into law, that's when I start having a problem with it. Let people do what they you know want with religion, but... Ugh. Anyway. Uh, the banned booze have been confiscated from trucks coming into the city in recent weeks, said officials from the Hizbah, 
the patrol tasked with enforcing the strict Islamic law known as Sharia. Kano's uh, Hisbah chief, Aminu Darwawu, not going to work here anymore, said at the bottle-breaking ceremony he had the ardent hope this will bring an end to the consumption of such prohibited substances. Okay, you may have put a dent into it, but uh, fuckers want to drink. Fuckers want to drink. Come on. Oh, a, lar- a large bulldozer smashed the bottles to shouts of Allahu Akbar from supporters outside the Hizbah headquarters in Kano, the largest city in Nigeria's mainly Muslim north. Kegs containing more than 8,000 liters of a local alcoholic brew called Buru Kutu and 320,000 cigarettes were also destroyed. Let me guess, uh, did, did they burn the cigarettes? And then uh, Cloud kind of wafted into a bunch of people that were, uh, well, suddenly died from nicotine poisoning. Now, th- this was this was my favorite uh, favorite quote of the article from uh, uh, the Hizbah chief Aminu Yeah, whatever his fucking name is. We hope this measure will help restore the tarnished image. Well, actually, wait. I bet Dennis would want me to do an impression, and um, we'll see his Nigeria. So, uh, we hope this measure will help restore the tarnished image of Kano. I don't know. That would seem more Indian, but whatever. I know Dennis loves my impressions anyway. So, we hope this measure will help restore the tarnished image of Kano. Yeah, because that's the problem, tarnishing the image of pl- images of places under Sharia law. That beer and cigarettes. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that that's your problem. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into, you know, all of Islam is beheading people, blah 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 blah. You know, I, I, I acknowledge that there are people that aren't dicks in every religion. Come on. But why does religion have to keep sticking its nose negatively in beer these days? Remember uh, a couple weeks ago when I mentioned that one Australian was um was it an Australian beer or New Zealand beer? Where they was it? I think they had an ish, uh, an image of Vishnu or something on on the label, and these Hindu groups got all pissed off, despite the fact that that beer was not going to be distributed outside. It was a small batch distribution that wasn't even going to be distributed outside of the general area. So a lot of these Hindu groups, not, probably none of these Hindu groups would have even seen it. Um, I'm trying to think of any other particular. I mean, I. I'm I'm surprised there are not more. Um, I'm gonna rag on Christianity. It's the you know thing to do, but I'm surprised there aren't more Christian groups that have ragged on certain kind of beers, you know, Devil Dancer and stuff like that. <coughs> um, but you know, it, it's coming. It's coming. You know, ultimately, when when it comes to beer, be like the Belgian Trappist beers. You know, be like the monks, and just ride that. Wave of molten hops. Almost sound like a Sam Adams commercial right there. But I mean, come on. Keep religion out of beer unless you're making it. And if you're making it, make it good like those Trappist beers. Damn it. (laughs) Marianne says she can't stop staring at the donuts in the chat. Mm. Poor Mitch. He says the whole job thing is making listening to my show difficult. It's okay. I understand, Mitch. Job before pleasure. I believe me, believe me, I know, but they did stop at the grocery store. They just got home. So hopefully you picked up some, uh, well, either donuts or beer. 
Um, and if you somehow got brunettes, I will kill you because I have no idea how you would have made it down to Cleveland like that. Um, yeah, so, and end of that article. Just Why does Sharia law have to get into beer? I mean, let, let people have their drinks. Come on. I mean, uh, if people if people want to follow the religion, then they will stick to the tenets of that religion. If they don't, don't enforce it on them. Simple as that. But I guess that would be too logical, right? And I guess, you know what, this will be the last one before I get into the uh, new beer releases and reveals. Because, I, like I said, I do have a decent amount of those. And this, this is a pretty quickie kind of thing. Um, Beert Energy Beer, that's B-I-R-Y-T, Energy Beer, launches in Beirut. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily think Beirut is a hotbed of uh, brewing, but... Uh, no caffeine, taurine, etc. So we're not looking at a beer for loco kind of thing. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see if I can see who is uh, actually brewing it. Um, actually, I think the the brewer is Beerit. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That's all I can think of. Um, they call it the new product that tastes like a great beer with energy on top. Looking to take Beirut by storm, steadily building up its distribution and currently available in a multitude of pubs, bars, and grocery stores, the brand is positioning itself as an alternative to the beer and energy drink products that are saturating the market. Uh, No caffeine, taurine, like I said, colorants, fat, or cholesterol. Uh, They tout its uh, healthy malt-based formulation as well as its seven essential vitamins. Um, I get the feeling that something like this it may like if it was done in the US it may run awry of the FDA um simply because it would be touting certain things that they might not be able to verify as easily but they claim that provides the energy boost it supposedly increases physical performance uh mental alertness improves reaction speed and concentration as well as reduce stress and recovery period i like that last one um I'm, uh, it's already big with the youth in Lebanon, so it's picking up. You know, it's picking up some steam out there. I guess. Um, oh, okay. And th- thank you for that heads up, Marianne. So I know. Ah, Brent, you enjoy listening to this show. Admit it. You guys wouldn't be in the chat if you didn't enjoy it. Either that, or you just real gluttons for punishment. Um. And I know that heads up was actually for Mitch Marianne, but it also, you know, for me too. And like, whatever. I, uh, ah, ah. Okay. <laughs> That's how I reset myself. Um, so I, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen anything trying to approach that, at least mass marketed here, without all the caffeine, taurine, et cetera, and stuff. Given how big energy drinks are here, I mean, I know we've had like the four locos and stuff like that, but. Really, that's just been like super buzz drink. It's it hasn't been more of a replenishment drink. I mean, this this seems like it's it's an alcoholic Gatorade kind of thing. That 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 almost well, even that's not right because Gatorade's more electrolytes and not necessarily um, you know energy and vitamins and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of a drink that would. I don't know, fucking like vitamin water or something like that. I don't even know. Um, supposedly, the taste of this stuff is good, uh, but 
that's coming mostly from the company. Um, and the drinkers, and like I said, it's big with the youth in Lebanon, but are they used to, you know, kind of those Budweiser level beers? It could be a subjective thing. If I saw something like that pop up here, I'd try it for shits and giggles. I mean, I've, I've tried the, you know, I've tried a multitude of the gluten-free beers. For the most part, I'll try anything once, unless it's an IPA. <laughs> Just that, that's, that's me. That's me. But for the most part, I'll try anything once. Um, when it comes to beer, I know Dennis could easily, easily take that out of context, and it was completely clean for him to do so. But yeah, yeah. I I don't see anything like that happening here, though, because I see too many limitations on claims of you know what it does and everything, and people would blame the marketing to teenagers and shit like that. I don't know. I I would see problems with it, but you never know. Things could change. Okay, so since we are hitting the uh, home stretch of the show, new beer releases and reveals for the week. First one I got here, this is actually a brand that I did see in Michigan, but I didn't pick up any of it because I don't believe there was anything that really uh, jumped out at me. But this is Clown Shoes Hammer of the Holy. Uh, cool label. Like I said, I saw some Clown Shoes stuff. I don't remember. I know I saw a couple like IPAs or something like that. It is a smoked Imperial Stout, 11% alcohol by volume. It's going to be in the 22-ounce bomber size bottles. It's actually a rum barrel aged version of their Vampire Slayer Smoked Imperial Stout, aged for five months, and it is supposed to be hitting shelves now. So uh, keep an eye out for that. If you have clown shoes, distribute to your area, which I do not have it distributed out here, sadly. Um, I don't know, because I, I always see new stuff from them popping up on all the, the beer sites that I troll. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to get distribution out here. It's, and it, it's a shame, too, because I, I, Jersey is really up and coming when it comes to like new breweries popping up. So I would hope more distribution would start to make its way out here to compete. You know, might be a good idea. Um, next one is from Stone Brewing. And I, I don't talk a lot of Stone Brewing because... To be honest, most of their stuff doesn't really appeal to me. This is one that, if I saw it, I'd probably get it. And there's actually... There's... um, I I think there's some real... Well, fuck. How do I want to put this? Um, Sentimentality behind it. There's some meaning with it. There's... uh, There's a good cause behind this. I think that's kind of what I was getting at. I'll post the image in the chat here. This is Matt's Burning Rosids. Um, this is actually a tribute to Matt Cartwright, who, if you remember earlier this year, he died in an accident at Stone Brewing. Uh, let's see, on Beer Street Journal, they posted a, uh, kind of like a little, you know, memorial eulogy that Stone, uh, posted about him. Um, I'll just... Read a little bit of it. Life is extra- uh, extraordinarily precious, joyous, and fragile. In Stone, we were recently reminded of this when we lost our dear friend and co-worker, Matt Courtright. We felt there was no better way to share with the world what an extraordinary person he was than by brewing this beer he created. Rather than a somber memento, please think of this as a celebration of Matt. We do. We can't contemplate it any other way. 
Matt was by no means a shrinking violet. Quite the contrary. He was exuberant, courageous, outwardly positive, and the type of stalwart friend everybody who knew him was happy to have him in their corner. Matt's smile and uh, voluminous laugh were infectious mainstays around the brewery. He was larger than life in every day, and he was without a doubt an incredible brewer. Everyone at Stone recognized Matt's prowess and passion for brewing. He loved to explore what-ifs and why-nots. To wit, he crafted the beer you hold in your hands, uh, which he conceived with Stone friend and colleague Brian Bishop. Burning Roses is a Belgian-style saison incorporating a unique ingredient, cherry wood smoked malt. The name references the Rosid plant family from which cherry trees hail. So I'll kind of leave off with that. So the cherry wood smoked saison own recipe he developed with Brian Bishop. Stone is actually donating funds from sales of this beer to GoDesignInc.org. It's an architectural charity that Matt passionately believed in. Um, now, commenters on this article on Beer Street Journal, they're a little cynical seeing as the accident was allegedly, but I don't think there's any conclusions yet with this, but allegedly caused by Stone's lack of adherence to occupational safety and health regulations. Um, there have always been rumors and reports that there's they've been a little bit lax with keeping up on that stuff. However, this is a nice gesture honoring his memory. You know, if if they were negligent, yeah, it doesn't make up for it. But it is a nice gesture nonetheless, and it does sound like it would be a great beer to try. Um, Cherrywood smoked saison. Yeah, I I I'd I'd pick that up. So it's a 10% alcohol by volume. Other official details are coming soon. Don't know when that's getting released, but um, when when they start releasing the labels, I think you can usually assume at the most within the next six months. Okay. Um, next one I got here. Um, this is Russian River uh, Beatification... Batch number six. Now, I will probably never taste a Russian River beer unless I somehow end up on the West Coast. Uh, so for those of you lucky enough to be in the vicinity of Russian River, this one is a 100% spontaneously fermented barrel-aged sour. You guys know how I like my sours. If anyone wants to try and get me a bottle of this, I would love you forever. Um... It's releasing on Saturday, December 14th as a brew pub only release, also available on draft. 5.65% alcohol by volume. It's going to be in 25.4 ounce bottles, limit of 12 bottles per person. So if if you're not in the vicinity of Russian River, you're not going to find this. Uh, like I said, this is batch number six. I mean, they, they do this repeatedly. Um, this one, uh, if you're in the chat, you'll see on the label, it says barrel aged eight months so far. So, uh, love, uh, I want, I, I, whenever I see the beer trade subreddit, everybody's always wanting Russian River. Um, and frankly, I, 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 I don't have anything out here that's good to trade for that. So I don't know. Um, and, you know, spe- speaking of beer trade, I know, um, uh, damn, uh, Flat Earth Brewing, um, uh, some of the beers that Mitch sent me, I actually saw some stuff from Flat Earth when I was in Michigan. I was surprised to see it there. Um, none of the stuff that Mitch gave me and actually none of the stuff that I saw there in this one liquor store, and actually a um, little aside, I'll, I'll get into it in a second here. Um, it, they 
nothing that really interested me, but this one liquor store, for anybody in the Michigan area, it's at um, Metro Parkway and Grossbeck. Parkway Liquors, I believe it's called. Amazing, amazing selection. That's where I got my Neapolitan and my uh, Bell's Cherry Stout. And uh, the setup of the place, like the, the beer is stacked so freaking high on these shelves. And the setup of the place for the spirits and hard liquor, it's like library shelves. It's all behind the counter, but they have one of those rolling ladders that rolls along the shelves. And they got to climb up, you know, get the stuff, come down. It's a really neat looking building. If, if you're in that area and you've never been there, check it out. Parkway Liquors at Metro Parkway, 16 Mile, whatever you want to call it, and Grossbeck. Um, right on the corner, I think it's right next to uh, uh, Dairy Queen. So check that out. Re- really, really cool place. I, w- I was happy to see that. Um, got a few more here. Shorts Brewing out of Michigan. Uh, Evil Urges. <laughs> got to love the label on this one. Um, this one, this label would actually fit in the uh, Kill Marie with Cuteness uh, Facebook page. Uh, post this in the chat here. It is a Belgian dark strong ale brewed with amber candy sugar. Beyond that, I did not really find much other information about it, but the label is fantastic on it. It's just it, it's a sad looking cat with uh, a couple of devils whispering into its ears, and it's got those big doe eyes on it. Um, a few more here. Hansen, if you remember. They did that Mhops beer. Well, they're looking to expand past that. Distribution from Mhops is across uh, Oklahoma right now. It's also at select retailers in Illinois, Kansas, and soon Michigan. I didn't, you know, oh, we should have been out there already and I would have grabbed some. They want to expand with an IPA and a Marzen. I respect what they're doing. They're, they say they're paying um, homage to other craft beers they've enjoyed. Mhops was actually influenced. It's, I hate the name of it, but I understand. Um, it was influenced by Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, but with less bitterness, okay, and more alcohol, yes, and it's received a good response. So we'll kind of see where they go from that. They're passionate about the beer, and you got to respect that, you know. And honestly, anybody that's listened to Hansen's like more recent stuff, like past all the bop and all that shit, they're actually talented musicians. They they actually do some good stuff. Ah, to Florida here. Cigar City Nouveau Brewing. Um, let's see, got this one here. Post this image in the chat. There's a big label here. Um, it is a dry hopped tart ale, also known as a, uh, or it's a uh, Oud Brune, or an Old Brown, aged in red wine barrels. I am a fan of the Oud Brune. Um, I'm trying to remember the brand that I normally go for. I think it's, uh, oh, Petrus. Petrus does one that's really good. Uh, it seems to be easily available if your you know area stocks Petrus. It's a Belgian beer style that undergoes extended aging and multiple fermentations. It's nice and tart. My kind of thing. Tart, sour, you know. It'll be available in 750 milliliter bottles. The alcohol by volume is unknown as yet. Same with arrival date. Um... I am going to have to pick me up some Cigar City beers when I am down in Orlando in Florida. I am thankful that we're driving there. Yes, it's going to be a hell of a drive, 
but I am going to be able to load the car with Florida beers, which will be very, very, very nice. And the last one for the week. Well, this is a big beer one. Anheuser-Busch InBev, they are launching their own cider. Now, they've actually uh, had ciders before. Uh, one was uh, from Stella. It was the, uh, I guess you could say, Cidre, C-I-D-R-E, and then Michelob Ultra Cider. This would seem to be a response to Miller Coors acquiring Crispin Cider last year. It's going to be called Johnny Appleseed Cider. Uh, I believe I have the logo for it. It doesn't really tell us much, but it's a logo. Visual, you know, something there. So if you're in the chat, you'll see it. It's um, an A with a swoop across it that uh, almost looks like uh, one of those, um, you know, when a kid runs away from home and he you know puts all his belongings in a sack on a stick. The Johnny Appleseed image there, you know, you got the stick with the pouch on it. The J is on the pouch, Johnny Appleseed get the idea there. Um, so that will be coming out soon. They have not made an official announcement about it yet, but that should be uh, showing up soon. So we'll see. We'll see how that is. I'm I'm a lot more picky with ciders than I used to be. I, before I could drink any cider, but now there there are, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I am picky with it. There are too many that just The best way I can describe it is they taste like apple juice that somebody just decided to throw some alcohol in, which is not tasty. You want a nice balance of the flavors. You don't want overwhelming apple. You don't want overwhelming booze. You want nice balance. You want that with your beers, too. You want that nice balance. You want that with your foods, too. You want that with your donuts. You want that with everything you consume. You want a nice balance. With that, I guess I'll kind of close out the show. If you want to add your beers to the alcohol by volume beer tasting list, I got I know I got more than enough I gotta add in there. And I, I thank Marianne and Brent for adding some stuff in recently. Uh hopefully by this weekend I will have added some in. And if you want to add some in, you can do it. It's an open spreadsheet. Uh feel free to to list some stuff in there. I will not mind. I will I will be very happy about it. I might even read some of your stuff on the air if it's really good. So it's at tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. And of course, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. Like the alcohol by volume Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter. It's either at Edicius, at E-D-I-C-I-U-S, or at MLR underscore alcohol. That's the show Twitter. Uh, if you talk to me on there, I'll talk to you from there. Look me up on Untapped. Alcohol by volume, all one word. I know I got a few other uh, people from MLR on there and other random people on Twitter. Of course, follow at More Like Radio on Twitter. Check all the great shows, morelikeradio.org. You can download them all there. Coming up next, we got a replay from last week's Unsigned Hype because I believe J5 is stuck working, sadly. Followed by an all-new Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one.